0: If you have your Bibles, I would ask that you go ahead and open them up to the 119th Psalm, 119. That's the Psalm that we are going to be looking into in just a moment. I believe that God has such a message for us this morning concerning His Word that He really wants to speak into our lives concerning the Word of God. And we're going to be talking about that in just a few moments. I'm not going to be with you next Sunday morning. I will be preaching at another church just north of Chester. If you've never been to Chester, Texas, well, it's kind of like Burtville, Texas, where I grew up. It's one of those places, if you blink, you miss the entire town. But I'm going up there to preach at Eden Baptist Church for their homecoming. They invited my family and I to come. Uh, Such a dear body of Christ there, and they've been connected to our lives for a number of years, our whole time. There, While we were in Zambia they partnered with us in ministry and so it will be good to go and see all of them. I will surely miss each of you next Sunday morning but I'm looking forward to worshiping with them and I'm going to leave you in good hands. Brother Travis will be bringing God's word to you next Sunday morning so and he will be back in the gospel of John if you've not been with us pretty much throughout the month of August. We've not been in the Gospel of John. We've been walking through that great book, but due to some other things that are happening within the body of Christ here at Crestwood, we took a little detour from it, but I promise you, you, we are detouring back to it in quite a big hurry. So you just hang on. You'll be hearing more out of the Gospel of John very, very soon, the Gospel of John. So This morning, we're gonna turn our attention over to the 119th Psalm. We're gonna be looking at it in just a few moments, but today marks the beginning of a very important journey for us here at Crestwood Baptist Church. If you've not been with us over the last several months, I have been talking for quite some time about the chronological Bible reading plan that we have made a commitment to over this coming year. 52 weeks we are going to read chronologically through the Word of God. When I say chronologically, I mean we're going to read the Word of God based on the events that take place, not necessarily the order of the books of the Bible. And what our desire is through that is we would really catch an opportunity or we catch a glimpse Of God's redemptive story because that is what the Bible is. The Bible is God's redemptive story. We want you to have an opportunity to see God's redemptive story and at the same time we want you to be able to find your place in that redemptive story. That is what God is seeking to do through the Word of God is reveal that redemptive story to us. But also as we chronologically read through the Bible, we'll have an opportunity to see more clearly the character and the nature of God. I want you to think about it like this for a moment. Oftentimes when we read the Bible, we will choose a narrative or we will choose some passage of Scripture that speaks to us. Isn't that true? Don't we do that? Yeah, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We can surely learn things from it. But let me ask you this. How many of you would pick up the latest bestseller, one that you have been waiting for for a long time? It's the continuation of one of those sequels that you've been reading for years, and when it comes in, you turn to the middle of it and you start reading. We wouldn't do that, would we? No, but that's oftentimes what we do with the Word of God, isn't it? Or think about this for a moment. How many of you would go see the latest movie released, one you have been waiting for, and say, you know what? I think I only want to catch the hour in between. I'm not going to go to the first part of it, and I'm not going to go to the last part of it. I'm just going to catch that. None of, we, you would say, that person, there's something wrong with him, wouldn't you? Surely there is value any time we pick up the Word of God. You would agree with me on that, right? But I would say this, I believe there's even greater value when we read the story as God developed or God reveals it to us in His Word. We have an opportunity to really catch a glimpse of who God is. And at the same time, we have an opportunity to really see God's character as He progressively reveals Himself to mankind until Jesus Christ comes. And we have the complete revelation of God in the human flesh. Amen? So you're going to have an opportunity. I've been challenging you as your pastor to begin to pick up those reading guides. If you've not gotten your 52-week chronological Bible reading plan, that's a lot, isn't it? I worked on that for hours to get all of that right. You can pick one up on the table as you go out or you can go to our website, www.crestwoodbc.com and you can go to a link, and you can download one there. You can make a copy of it for yourself, all right? So I want to encourage you to do that. Now, another aspect of it, and I hope you've seen that aspect this morning, each Sunday when you come for small group Bible study, you're going to have an opportunity, we as a whole, a collective group that is studying the Word of God together, to go to a story that coincides with what we've read the week before. We've done that for an important reason. You know why we've done it? We want to create conversation among people centered on the Word of God. Don't we spend a lot of time talking about other things in life? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that yesterday. What was yesterday? Well, actually this week. The first Saturday of college football. Amen. Yeah, I see a few signs going up in the air. But let me say this. You know, we'll put a lot of energy, time, and effort in talking about college football, and why the University of Texas is the best team that's ever lived, right? (laughs) I'm only joking. I know that really disturbs some people, but no. Uh, Yeah. But listen to me. What has greater value to us? Talking about college football or talking about the Word of God with one another? The Word of God, it is precious. It is important for our lives. You know, there's nothing that brings greater joy to my life than the Word of God. It is like nourishment for my soul. And so I'm passionate about the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I believe every single thing that is written in the Word of God, even when I don't understand exactly what it is so I am a man of the book and I hope that we will be a church of the book and that it will guide us and direct us so this is the question that I want you to consider this morning as we begin our time together I want you to consider this question just think about it before you respond do you truly want God to bless your life Do you truly want God to bless your life? Let's change that question a little bit. Let me ask it in this way. Are you willing to do what is necessary to see God bless your life? You see, oftentimes, I think we would all agree As a matter of fact, I would say all followers of Jesus Christ want to be blessed by God, don't we? Would we agree on that this morning? Don't you want the blessings of God to overflow into your lives? Now, don't misunderstand me. Surely we have received the greatest blessing of all if you know Jesus Christ as your lord and savior but there are other spiritual blessings that god wants to pour out on our lives but sometimes we don't put ourselves in the position to receive the blessings that god wants to give us and as a result of that we miss out on the blessings we don't always receive the benefit of the blessing because we're not willing to do what God's Word calls of us to do in order to experience the blessing that He wants to pour out on our lives. I would tell you this morning, one of the single greatest blessings that we have been given as God's people is the Word of God, and God wants to richly bless your life and my life through His Word. And we are richly blessed through His Word when we are willing to read it, study it, and live according to it. But oftentimes, people miss out on the blessing. Because they don't put themselves in the position to receive the blessing. If you don't study God's Word, don't expect Him to bless you spiritually. The blessings of God flow out of His Word into our hearts and into our lives. So this morning I want us to focus for a few moments on the blessings of God's Word. I have had you open your Bibles to one of, or the actually the longest chapter in the Word of God. The 119th Psalm is 176 verses long, and we're going to look at every single one of them this morning. Yeah. Amen, huh? A little bit of concern there, I see. No, we're not. I I would not do that to you this morning. But what I want you to notice about this psalm, if you had time to read through the entirety of this psalm, you would recognize something amazing. 171 verses of the 119th Psalm is dedicated to the Word of God and the role that it plays in our lives. It's as though the psalmist is laying on top of one another all of the blessings that God wants to pour out into your life and into my life through the study, meditating, memorizing, reading of the Word of God. That's what he's wanting to do. 171 verses. Now, we're not real sure who wrote this psalm. Some people have said perhaps it was David. Others have said maybe Moses. Some others have said maybe Ezra. We're not sure. But I will say this, there is one thing we're sure of. You don't have to read very many verses in the 119th psalm to take a step back and say, Oh my goodness, This man loves the Word of God. It is very near and dear to his heart. It plays a significant role in his life. There's another amazing fact about this psalm. If you've looked at it when you opened your device or when you opened your word like mine here, you'll notice something at the top of every section. There is a word. Actually, those are not words at all. Those are the consonants of the Hebrew language. This is actually what we refer to as an acrostical psalm. In other words, what that means is there are eight verses in each section. Each verse starts with the letter of the consonant or the Hebrew language that is above it. I would tell you that we lose a lot of the beauty of this psalm when we translated it into the English language. It just doesn't quite have the beauty. But it is one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture that is found anywhere in the Word of God. I want you to think about that for a moment. Why would the writer under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit write to us something that is so magnificent and beautiful concerning the Word of God? Because he wanted to teach us something. He wanted us to realize how beautiful and magnificent the Word of God truly is. That's the reason why. The psalmist stacks one way after another, on top of one another, of the blessings that we receive when we study, read, and meditate on the Word of God. This morning, I would just like to offer you three ways that our lives are blessed through the reading of God's Word, through the studying of God's Word, through the memorizing of God's Word. This is the reason why I believe God has brought us to this point in the life of our church. I believe that it is a challenge for all of us. I want to cultivate in each one of our lives, and our hearts, as a pastor, I want to equip you to be a person that values, that cherishes the Word of God. I want you to see it as nourishment for your soul if you're taking notes this morning let me give you the first way God's word blesses our lives number one God's word gives us direction for our lives it provides guidance as we live our lives in this world I want you to listen to what the psalmist said find the 18th verse with me once you found the 18th verse focus your eyes there on it I want you to listen to what the psalmist says here He says in verse 18, Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. You know, when I hear the words of the psalmist here, and I take a step back and I just meditate on what it is that the psalmist is saying, I realize that this man had a longing, a desire in his heart to understand the Word of God. Did you hear what the psalmist wrote? He said, oh God, please open my eyes. Now when he makes that reference, he's not referring to his physical eyes. He's referring to his spiritual eyes. He was asking God to give him understanding concerning his word. Now, when I think about that truth that I see here presented, the question comes to my mind, but to what purpose? Why did the psalmist want to have a deep understanding of God's Word? Well, he's going to answer that question for us. Turn over to the 105th verse of this psalm. This is one of those verses that we spend a lot of time reading over the years. We even sing songs about it. And I want you to listen to what the writer says here in the 105th verse of this psalm. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The psalmist's desire to understand God's word was so that he might be guided through the word of God. The word here, lamp, And the word light, actually most people believe the word light refers to a torch. The word lamp and light were instruments that were used to provide guidance in the midst of great darkness. Now listen to me carefully. The Word of God does the same for the believer. In the midst of a dark world, fraught with all kinds of challenges, God's word provides guidance for the believer. The psalmist understood apart from God's word, it was hopeless to find direction for his life. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you come to that point in your life? Are you looking to God's Word for direction in your life? Are you depending on God's Word to lead you in the decisions that you make each day as you navigate the world that we live in. I've been reminded of this truth afresh really anew over the last several months as my first daughter has launched out into a real world. I can tell you her father is just a little bit fearful. Now I know that's not of the Lord and I know that we have given her a very strong foundation but it has been quite an experience for her mother and I as we are navigating with her, her living five hours away from home. Oftentimes she calls me for wisdom in how to navigate the world she is living in. And it has given me opportunity to remind her that God has given her His Word to provide direction for her life when she struggles with relationships and schoolwork and she has questions i have responded to her in this way babe what does the word of god teach you about how you should navigate that in your life you see one of the great blessings of god's word for our life if we will look to the word of god if we will study the word of god if we will meditate on god's word it will give us clear direction in life now i don't know about you i'm so grateful that when i got saved god didn't look at me and say hey now jeff you're saved you figure it out that's not what he said did he no he said Jeff now you're a child of mine and I want you to know something I have given you my word to provide guidance in the decisions you will make in life Jeff look to my word for direction in life I will guide you do you see that I'm often, oftentimes amazed as a minister how many times Christians make decisions concerning choices in life that are not rooted and grounded in God's Word. But then at the same time, they want somehow God's blessing upon their life. And it is utterly impossible for God to bless disobedience in our life. It's impossible. I often share that with people who come to me in marriage counseling. They want God's blessings upon their marriage, but they're not blessing God through the relationship that they're having. And it is utterly impossible for God to bless a union like that. Doesn't matter what any pastor stands up and says before a congregation, doesn't matter. God cannot cannot bless disobedience. One of the great blessings of God's Word is it gives us direction for our lives. Number two, God's Word gives us or can give us victory over sin. God's Word can give us victory over sin. It helps us remain pure, in an impure world i want you to listen to what the psalmist says here look back with me over verses 9 through 11 and i want you to hear what it is that it said how can a young man keep his way pure by by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart i seek you let not let me not wonder from your commandments i have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. What is the key to living a pure life, Christian? Well, the psalmist answers that question for us. The key to living a pure life is hiding God's word in your heart. You know, I've realized in my time in the ministry that sometimes Christians are defeated in their lives by sin. Some Christians more than others, and you know why that is? Because they have not hidden God's Word in their heart. They have no foundation on which to stand when the tempter, the enemy, comes and attacks them. And as a result of that... Every time they are attacked, the flesh fails. That's the reason why Jesus Christ said to Peter when they were praying in the garden, He said, Peter, you need to realize something. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. How many of you, I know most of you have read the story of Jesus Christ that is found over in Matthew the story of Jesus Christ is in the wilderness. If you've read that story, you know that the enemy comes and attacks Jesus Christ. He tempts him three different times. Do you remember how Jesus Christ defeats the enemy every time? He defeats him based on the Word of God. There is a power in the Word of God that enables us to do battle in the world in which we're living in. But if we've never hidden God's Word in our heart, we have no foundation on which to stand when the enemy comes against us. It is utterly impossible to do battle against the enemy apart from the Word of God. How many of you remember Ephesians, the sixth chapter? We're actually walking through that Chapter right now on Wednesday night. of all of the pieces of equipment that we have been given to do battle against the enemy, there is only one piece of offensive with, I mean, only one piece of offensive equipment that we've been given by God. It is what? The sword. The word of God. the word of God. The only way we will ever have victory over the enemy in our life and over sin in our life is by hiding God's Word in our heart, by memorizing God's Word. Now, when you picked up your reading plan, you may have looked at that 52-week reading plan, and you may have said, well, why in the world is the staff and Brother Jeff wanting me to memorize the Word of God? We're wanting you to memorize the Word of God so you will have a tool that the Spirit of God can use and bring to your heart and mind to defeat the enemy when he comes and tempts you and attacks you. One of the great blessings of God's Word is it gives us victory over sin. It helps us remain pure in an impure world. You show me a Christian That's not hidden, the Word of God in his heart. And I'll show you a carnal Christian, an impure Christian, who is succumbing to temptation on a daily basis. Number three, the third blessing or the third way that God's Word blesses our life is this. It gives us life. It gives us life. If you've been here on Sunday mornings earlier, you heard me make the statement, we have been walking through the Gospel of John. If you were here several Sundays ago, actually it had been several months ago, we were in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. There in that chapter, John shares with us a story about Jesus Christ. Large crowds of people have surrounded themselves around Christ. They are following Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ stands up and he preaches a sermon that shrinks his ranks. He looks at the crowd that has gathered around him and this is what he says to them. If you want to truly be a disciple of mine, you must eat of my body and you must drink of my blood. Now, we know that Jesus Christ wasn't speaking literally there, but it was a very hard saying for those disciples. Right at the end of that story, John records the word for us that many of his disciples forsook him and never came back again. Now, we know the reason that is, is because they weren't genuine followers of Jesus Christ to begin with. But as the story is coming to a conclusion, Jesus looks at his apostles, and this is the statement that he makes to them. Won't you forsake me as well? Peter answers with these words. Lord, where would we go? You are the one who has the words of eternal life. And that's exactly what the psalmist says here in this psalm. Look with me at what he says here in verse 25 and and 37. He says in verse 25, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Now go over to verse 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. There's a whole sermon just in that one phrase there. Do you know what the writer is saying? Turn my eyes away from the things of the world. They are utterly worthless. Turn my eyes to the Word of God. Why? Listen to what he says in verse 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. In your ways is a reference to the Word of God. It's a reference to the Word of God. I want you to think about this for a moment with me, all right? Over 3,300 times in the Bible, this phrase appears. God says. Studying the Word of God enables us to have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is from the Word of God that we discover the true meaning of life. All right, look at me real quick and let me illustrate it like this. I think this will really help us to better understand, all right? Outside of my personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the closest personal relationship I have is with my wife, Robin. Now I want you to imagine with me for just a moment, if you can. Just stay with me right here, all right? Imagine with me. What would my relationship with my wife be like if I never ever communicated with her? If we never ever sat and talked with one another? If we never ever in any fashion or form shared life together? You would draw the conclusion, Brother Jeff, you don't have much of a personal relationship, do you? And you would be correct. There's not much of a personal relationship if there is no communication. In order for a personal relationship to exist, there must be communication, a sharing of life together. Now take that and apply it to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You wouldn't have much of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if you and He never communicated with one another, would you? Would you? Really? How much of a personal relationship is that? This next statement I'm going to make is very, very important. I want you to listen very, very carefully. Reading and studying the Bible, praying, enables us to walk in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you never ever spend time in the Word, then I would question is there any personal relationship at all? You see what I'm saying? The greatest blessing. Of God's Word is it gives us life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I have come that you may have life and have it fully. True disciples of mind abide in my Word. That's the Word of God. I think the question we must all ask ourselves this morning is this. Do I really, truly want to be blessed by God? if you answer yes to that question are you putting yourself in the right position to experience the blessings of God on your life if you're not reading the word of God if you're not meditating on the word of God if you're not hiding God's word in your heart and life I can tell you, you're not in the right position to receive any blessing from the hand of God. Are you willing to do what is necessary to experience the blessing of God in your life? Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the way it speaks into our hearts and our lives. Father you have challenged us this morning from your word. And Lord, when we find ourselves in your presence challenged by your word, the real question becomes will I allow you to have your way in my heart and life? Father, we give you this time of imitation. And pray that you would work